This is Raptors Game Night on TSN 1050. The Raptors live here. It's a final from the Big Easy. And at times, the Pelicans made it look easy. New Orleans defeats Toronto 126-108. Wow, you could hear the, the screech of the brakes there. I mean, that was uh, that was a tough game for the Raptors, to say the very least. Paul Jones summing it up. Welcome to, welcome to Raptors Game Night, the post-game show. Jim Taddy, Warren Ward, Josh Lewenberg, and Paul Jones uh, with us. Uh, Jones, you, you know, you, you struggled through this in terms of what you had to describe um, you did you did your description well, but this was a tough game to describe, and you know I guess maybe a silver lining at the end, nice push, and then all of a sudden Zion woke up, and that was it. Tough night, wasn't it? Yeah, tough night, Jim. I, I you know people always talk about people that are not you know kind of hardcore NBA fans. Well, you just have to watch the last few minutes. This game was lost in the second quarter. This game got out of the horse got out of the barn in the second quarter. And the Raptors spent the rest of the time running around with a saddle to try to get it back on. Like no chance. Like you, you that that is, that is a a a tough bit of work to do. And you know, not that you play the record because they have a bad record, but gosh, you look over there and you think no C.J. McCollum, no Brandon Ingram. Maybe this is one you can get, and you just you didn't come out right off the jump. You didn't come out with that with that energy consistently. Pascal did. He was great early on. And New Orleans kind of ran them down the middle of the first quarter, and Toronto could never, never really kind of get back on their feet until a little bit late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I, I you know, I was literally going to say the game was lost in the second quarter, sure, so yeah. you took the words right out of my mouth. But I, I you know, I, I was kind of hesitant watching – uh, in the first half, why the Raptors were so reluctant to, excuse me, why why they were double teaming on the catch and not on the dribble. I mean, they did that with Luka a little bit against the Mavs. And I was, I, di- I didn't really understand why they were double teaming Zion on the catch and not when he puts the ball on the floor because then you're making him, you know, become a decision maker. And I felt like when the Raptors did that against teams with a superstar, they were much more effective. Um and that's just one point. The other point that I had in, in, in this game is that, yeah, you know, New Orleans shot the ball so well, but the Raptors got to be killers when teams are not at full strength. Because I can tell you, every team that played the Raptors without Siakam, without Fred, they were like, yo, this is a W for us. Yeah. So yeah. you got to come out and you got to be killers when you know that these to, to lose Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum, who are not playing. I thought C.J. McCollum was playing prior to the game. He, they're not playing, and everyone else has a career a career night. Well, Murphy's yeah. 8 for 17, 6 for 12 from 3. You know, even, even um, Alvarado, who was probably, the, you know, he played 27 minutes, probably had the least effective, you know, point performance, but everyone else did. So if you can't limit that without these guys on the floor, the the only people the Raptors can blame for this loss is themselves. Well, Warren, to your point, I th- and I and I think when you have a team that's shorthanded, you got to jump out and punch them in the face early, and then right. they think, "Wow, we're down and we're missing our best guys." And and as I said, you 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 plant that seed of doubt, and and you know to your to your other point. Um, you know, I, I I couldn't agree with you more about about the second quarter. Uh, it just it just it just it just wasn't there tonight for Toronto, and I I was kind of surprised when you talk about doubling Zion. 
the one thing I don't think the Raptors accounted for, I mean, you double a, a Joel Embiid, he's not a great passer. He'll, he'll kind of throw it away. Uh, you know, you run at other guys. When Zion has a live dribble, if you don't have him totally contained in that double team, he's going to dribble out of it. And 95% of the time going left. Like, you know, yeah. think about it. How many times tonight did you see a double team form and what he did was attack the guy that was on his left, beat that guy. Now there's two guys behind the play. Right. And and that's right. something, I mean, that's something that point guards do, right? You, you The ball, they, they come at you on the, on the dribble or on the catch. You back up. That double team softens up. You pick one guy. You beat that one guy. And the other guy might as well be a statue. And I thought Zion did a really good job of that. And I, I would hazard to guess that the next time it's more of a contained double team to get him to give it up, and then like you did with Luca, and then deny him for a bit, don't let him get it back, force the other guys to scramble a little bit, although this club has better players than Luca does when Zion gives it up. Yeah, and that, and that, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm talking about the fact that Zion... If he if if you're if you're doing it on the dribble, then you're forcing him to make a decision in real time. And yes. in basketball, those are like that's a recipe for an error. And yes. you saw that at the last play of the Dallas game when no one challenged the ball in the paint. Everyone stayed home on all the shooters, and one of their players made a, a bad decision. So you're you're putting a guy to make decisions who normally doesn't. And in in at, at the speed of the game. That's kind of what I was anticipating. I'm okay with doubling Zion. Don't let him go left. Oh, for which sure. Is, which, which, is, yeah. which is much harder said than done. I understand yeah. that. But at the same time, don't let him go left and contain him and make the other guys be decision makers. But unfortunately, tonight, these players got their rhythm the same way the Raptors bench got their rhythm in Detroit. And we've seen guys come out and put up big numbers. And yeah. all, everyone played extremely well. They shot 52% from the field for the game. Not even in a quarter for the game. They were upwards in the 60s and 70s. So uh, it's really, really tough to beat that. The only real positive is that I think Gary Trent had a phenomenal game. He's Season high. Season yeah, high. better yeah. suited coming off the bench. I think um, his defensive intensity can remain where it is when he's doing that. When he's a starter, I feel like he, he has too much pressure to do both. And I always say there's very few people in the world that can play both ends of the floor at the same rate. OG is a, is, a, is a special case, but even even tonight, you know, a lot of turnovers, and he he struggled to find a a, a real solid rhythm in this game, and it, it you know it all went to Gary Trent. So that's something that the Raptors can build off for the next game, uh, and and I hope when they do, you know when they double team guys, they do it off the dribble. Well, they're going to get a practice, Josh, against Kevin Durant on Kevin Friday, Durant. right? I was about right? to say or, that, <laughs> or or Kyrie Irving. The problem is when Durant gives it up, that guy Irving. Uh, he's tough to contain on the bounce. Now you got a, a four on three with one of the better ball handlers in the NBA. He's no slouch. He reminds me of a young, you know, of a young Jonesy back in the day. That's that's <laughs> that's his comparison. Hey man, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, applications for shots in the bottom drawer at a university. Mark denied. <laughs> well, it's not going to be an easy one, and I mean. The Raptors, like, they, well, first of all, they've seen Brooklyn recently. But uh, one thing I'll say about them is, is we very rarely see this sort of thing from them in consecutive games, right? Like, this was an off night. I, I would say from the get-go, like, we've been talking about the second quarter. I would say the offense fell apart in the second quarter today. The defense was never there. It didn't show up. 
the Raptors weren't executing the defensive game plan pretty much from the jump. So, yeah, they've got to be a whole lot better against a pretty good team in Brooklyn. Like, they got off to that slow start, but now they're getting guys back and they're starting to figure things out a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be looking to Fred Van Vliet, who, of course, got... Uh, a head start to the locker room tonight, ejected 40 seconds into the second half. Uh, a weak second technical, I would say, um, considering the the situation, the player involved. I would think that they'd give him a bit of a benefit of the doubt, a little bit more leeway in that situation. But alas, his night came to an end pretty early after just 20 minutes. Scotty Barnes. Did not have a good night today. Just one for seven, four points in 21 minutes. These are all guys that are going to have to bounce back against Brooklyn. I agree with you, Warren. I think that that um, bright spot, Gary Trent Jr., even if it's the only one on the list tonight, maybe in addition to Pascal Siakam, it was still a big bright spot. Like, considering how Trent has been shooting recently, he's, what, not eight, eight for 16 from three over the last two games, six for 11 tonight. And to put that into perspective, he was 7 for 45 in the previous eight games. So just seeing the ball go through the net a few times tonight, getting his confidence back is big for him. And I think you could look at it one of two ways, right? You look at it and you say, okay, well, Nick Nurse clearly got his attention. The move to the bench got his attention. So does he get a starting job back? But I look at it the other way, and, and you guys were talking about it as well, is th- this is the reason why I kind of like him coming off the bench. And I've been saying that all year is, They need somebody that can come in and give you some instant offense, can give that second unit a lift in terms of scoring and some of the other things that he was able to do today as as well. I thought he made a few nice reads. He was pretty good defensively as well. Um, So it'll be interesting to see where things go from here in terms of the lineup, whether or not he continues to come off the bench. But I don't hate it, and I don't look at it as a demotion. What matters is who's finishing the games, and as long as he continues to play as well as he did tonight, he's going to be out there to close whether he's out there to start. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. If you're going to get 35 points out of him, it doesn't matter where he plays. <laughs> that, that would be a nice little bonus to have him come off the bench and do that. I mean, 38 is the team record off the bench, so he lit it up and and, and drove them forward. You know, I think probably what, what uh, ails Raptor fans here is it's such a contrast to their previous game where they were so stingy defensively and, you know, as we've all detailed, just did not have any gas in the tank to start this and it was all uphill from there and not much you can do about it. You just flush it and go on to the next game. That's the best thing to do, Jim. Uh, You know, you've got some, Nick Nurse has got some video uh, to break down and some stuff that he can be showing guys and it's all about improving. I mean, they're in this streak where, they haven't lost more than two in a row, and they haven't won more than two in a row. They're just kind of out treading water, but they're getting people back healthy, so it's really a time at the quarter pole to evaluate, put some things together, and see if you can push this thing forward. Anyone who's played knows you got to have a short memory in this game. Yeah. You know, you, can't, uh, you cannot relish on losses. You can't get too high on wins. They have another game in less than 48 hours and against a very, very good team with two of the best scores and if not you know one of the best players to ever play basketball um in fact you know two of the best players to ever play basketball i put Kyrie, you know in that same group mm. as well those guys are those guys are phenomenal talent so you know you, you you gotta take the positives work on the negatives control what you can control and then get ready to play um you know a completely different team and hope that 
what you can control, you do control in those games. Because end of the day, I think that's what all coaches would ask for. I know Nick Nurse would be disappointed in the effort and energy tonight. So that's something that the Raptors can control, you know, um, come Friday. For sure, and I expect them to be ready. And and you mentioned Nick Nurse, and I, I think it obviously helps that this is a well-coached team, but this is where it also helps to have good leaders. You know that Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, obviously the vets, guys like Thad Young, uh, they, they understand that this is a marathon. They understand that nights like this are going to happen. And yeah, I think there's an element of flushing it, certainly, but there's also an element of learning from something like this and just making sure that, they get back on track just in terms of the effort, the focus, the attention to detail. And that's what I'm expecting in Brooklyn. I would be very, very surprised to see anything like this from the Raptors, especially coming out of the gate. Like, I would expect this to be a very different looking first quarter in a couple days in Brooklyn. Well, Jonesy, if I'm th- Brooklyn, sorry, sorry to interrupt. If I'm Brooklyn, I'm, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to try and take advantage of all the holes and the things that I saw. We can jump on this team a little early. So, you know, that's that's what the Raptors are up against on Friday. Sorry to interrupt, Jonesy. Go ahead. No, no, all good. All good. Jim, you were going to ask something? I was actually I was just going to thank you for hanging around. Uh, I don't know what else you could add to this. You you you, uh, you filled the blanks for for 3 hours here, so we appreciate you hanging around. Thanks very much. I'm done calling the left-hander from the bullpen. Okay. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to come in. I I don't understand that, but it- Anyways, we'll take a break. 126-108 was the final score for the Pelicans over the Raptors. This is Raptors game night on TSN 1050. Raptors game night, 126-108. Pelicans over the Raptors. Raptors road record dips to 3-8. and eight. They go to 11-10 and 10 on the season. The Pelicans go to 13-8 and 8 and 8-3 eight and on home court. Jim Taddy, Warren Ward, and Josh Lewenberg with you. Going to get some post-game sound very shortly but in the meantime i mean we've got over this the defense wasn't there the the energy wasn't there and really if you watch the raptors play and you don't see the energy the result isn't going to be good trent off the bench with the 35 points the the big story and i guess other things that that aren't really relevant to the outcome but you certainly hope boucher is okay and the freddie van vliet uh, second technical is well you'd have to be courtside to hear what was said and what was said prior to but it was kind of disappointing to say the very least wasn't it yeah, I mean, you know, I, I when I saw that, I, I just smiled and laughed. I mean, I'm sure he said, you know, some form of pleasantries, um, and he was ejected for that. That's not what you want, but I also think Fred was frustrated with his performance. 0 for 7 from 3 up until that point. 1 for 8, he only played 20 minutes. He wasn't, he wasn't too happy with the game. Um, he looked a little disinterested as well, and to, just in terms of, um, his overall effort in the game, I thought he did a really good job defensively, but um, leading the team and, 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 you know, he wasn't sharp. He wasn't his best self. So, you know, I think his frustration boiled over with some calls and unfortunately he was ejected. And yeah, you know, prayers up for Boucher. Hopefully that's nothing too serious. Um, you know, that I think, I think, like I said earlier, Taddy, they got to wipe this one from their memory, all of it, and uh, yeah. come out and, and, and be... What what we could say would be the the Raptors of consistent old, you know, like they they got to be the team yeah. that that we know and you know um, that we're used to seeing. And if they can do that, 
again, we give themselves a chance. I thought they made it interesting with about six minutes to go. You know, they were, it, was a, it was an eight- or ten-point game in this one, and then Zion had two back-to-back buckets, one of the a crazy dunk, and yeah. then he got a turnover and a layup, and then it was pretty much over from there. But um, to come back down 30, I mean, they didn't give up. Other teams might have packed it in earlier, so hats off, with, you know what I mean? Hats off to the Raptors for that. Um, and let's just move forward to Friday. I thought maybe they'd rally around the ejection of Van Vliet in a way I guess they eventually did in the fourth quarter. Remember, we saw that earlier in the year when uh, Coloco uh, got uh, ejected there after that altercation. And uh, those are the things that generally spark a team. But in this case, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. I thought that call on the second technical for Van Vliet was weak. I think that, I mean, in that scenario, especially with a player like Van Vliet, an all-star who has earned the benefit of the doubt in in that situation we see it all the time like the big question here is if that's lebron does that call get made if that's even in zion the other side of the court does that call get made when the official knows that a a player already has a technical an all-star player already has a technical and it's 40 seconds into the second half like there has to be some leeway there i mean that that's not to say let, let me clarify that's not to say that there's no scenario in which you toss a guy like obviously there are some situations where a player just goes and goes and goes and doesn't let something go and doesn't give the official a choice but to call the technical foul. But that wasn't the scenario here. It happened so quick. And yeah, I mean, I'm not an expert lip reader. I don't know if there were uh, if there was a magic word used, but it looked like Van Vliet in frustration sort of clapped his hand and, and just said, come on, man, or something to that effect. Yeah. That's a situation where the official can just say, like, listen, Fred, you've got a, you've got a tech. Let's... What, calm down sort of thing there, there has yeah. to be some kind of warning there and, and I, I think everyone was surprised by how quickly he was ejected so I mean yeah it wasn't a turning point in the game by any means the Raptors were already struggling Van Vliet was not having a good night I, I just thought that was a, a strange one yeah, I would agree with you. You know, again, not courtside, so we don't know if there was any continuing conversation uh, with Freddie and the official or if he was even talking to the official. He might have been talking to the, the Pelicans player that he was involved with and just happened to look at the Who knows? I mean, that's that's the great unknown. Let's hear from Nick Nurse postgame. He was asked, what went wrong? First started off not getting our defense set up. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't like it was numbers break situations, but it was just quick offense that we weren't weren't getting back and getting ready to 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 stop um and and you're right we missed a whole bunch of execution things right off the bat there early and and um you know i think i said in the first time out i said we gotta hey get our defense set up i mean our defense is good when we play hard we execute our schemes and i said we're not doing any of those three things right now and of course we give up 40 points in the first quarter so it was disappointing. We didn't we didn't play very good defense all night long, really. How much did those two early fouls for Ananobi factor into what you could do against Williams? Well, they definitely hurt um, for sure. You know, um, we haven't had that happen with him. You know, recently we've been able to put him on. You know, uh, uh, their other team's best scorer, and he's been able to you know do a good job on him. That obviously. You know, change. I think he got a second, and then he drove around him one time, and he kind of just had to let him go. And then it kind of, you know, then we had to get him out of there and and see what we could do from there. But we didn't have much other help either. 
for him. You know, when OG was out, and the other guys didn't guard him very, very well either. And that matchup with JB was just too much. I mean, you started Colobo in the second. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was a better chance for um, big to big matchup, right? And then then uh, let Fad play when when they sub JV out, just a little bit matchup driven. Yeah. Um, did you get a look at Chris at all? He's okay. He's fine. Yep. Scotty's fights, right? You see that there were moments that he didn't look as engaged as he might be. What, how can you sort of get him through those periods of a game? Yeah, I mean, he, he has some of those moments and usually comes good eventually in the game. But, um, and I, you know, probably would have went back to him under, under normal circumstances. But that group kind of cut the lead all the way down to 11. And it was kind of like at that point, we were going to let those guys try to try to continue. It was too bad. We cut it to 11, stole the ball, had a three on one or something and threw it away. And then, then all of a sudden he looked up, it was back to 17 pretty quick. So um, good stretch there. Got to give our guys credit for, for really, you know, bringing that thing all the way back and, and having a chance to make a game out of it. We don't, didn't really make a game out of it, but we, we did um, get it within shouting distance, I guess. What do you feel like was working with that lineup in particular? Well, they were just, they had a bunch of strings of consecutive stops. I, I don't, I just kind of can remember hearing, you know, six in a row, nine out of ten or whatever. They were finally... They were finally, you know, making them take some tough shots and limiting them to one. I mean, we we did about everything um, defensively as poorly as we could tonight, including we didn't get to shooters early. Then when we got to them, they drove straight around us. We didn't protect the rim at all. We didn't rebound very well. I mean, we did we did we did you know it was a bad night for us defensively for sure. Did you get any clarification on that challenge? challenge? I, I guess you can't challenge the. Um, Take foul rule. Freddie's pretext. Any any issue with either one of them? Or? Do I have any issue with yeah. both of them? Yes, both of them. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's ridiculous. Nick Nurse, uh, no friendly whistle in New Orleans, that's for sure. Uh, he said uh, Chris Boucher is okay, which is uh, great news. Uh, out of what he said there, Warren, what what caught your ear? Uh, beginning. Just said we didn't play defense well all night long, and I was like, yeah, that's that's all I could say was you're right. You know, you got to agree with that. They didn't defend at a high level. Not what we're used to. Um, I also liked what he said about, um, you know, they didn't get any consecutive stops. And that's a big part of this game, man. I mean, you can you're talking about the best players in the world. So if you can get, you know, consecutive stops in this league, you're doing something right. And unfortunately, the Raptors didn't do that tonight. And a lot of guys, um, you know, they they got really comfortable and, uh, you know, that's reflective of the score. So um, that's something to move forward. And, you know, at one point it was, you know, four in a row. It was six out of ten. And um, that that group got extended minutes and, you know, they cut it down to 11, which is something you have to tip your hat at as well. I think, I mean, you, you look at a lot of teams in the NBA and for, for a lot of teams, their defense a lot of times comes from the offense, right? Like yeah. a, a team will struggle with the jump shot and they'll miss a few, and then all of a sudden the defense starts to slip. But with the Raptors, and, and this was a point that I made at halftime too, it's almost the other way around, and it makes sense that it would be, right? They're a defense-first team. Like, that's their identity. So, to me, like, that's that's where things turn to me to me today. Is like, the defense was never there, and that's a problem. But at least early on in the first quarter, 
they were executing well enough offensively to hang around. It wasn't pretty, but they were hanging around. But it almost seemed like when those stops weren't coming in the first quarter, and of course it was a tough first quarter, they allow 40 points, but all of a sudden in the second, that's when the, that's when the offense starts to slip. And it was just a lack of execution at that point. The possessions became really quick. They weren't moving the ball. They weren't getting in the paint. They were quick shots. And, and to me, like that, that's where things completely fall apart. It's one thing not to defend, but when you're not getting good looks on the other end of the floor, it's going to be a long night. And I think we've gone back to it a few times already, but the second quarter is where things sort of slipped away from them. So, yeah, I mean, I think they've got to play to their identity. They've got to execute defensively, and they've got to do it pretty early on because once those stops aren't, aren't, happening regularly enough then everything else sort of starts to fall apart as well yeah and josh I, I sorry go ahead warren yeah i was just gonna just gonna add to that i mean they're they're solely at this point in the season they're not good enough to take any sort of possession off especially defensively uh offensively i'm not um i'm not i'm not gonna harp on what they could have done or couldn't do differently i mean obviously you know the the, the goal of the game is to put the ball in the basket so i you know i think they know that um but if you're not going to do that on, on one end and, you know what, do it efficiently, then the defense has to be there because, again, that is in, you know, your control. And, and any coach would tell you that. So offensively, hopefully Friday, you know, they're the ones scoring 40 points. But if they can limit Brooklyn to 30, you know, you know I mean, 25 and under a quarter, you know, now we stand a chance to win games. If you can hold Cleveland to, you know, 88 points, you know, that's, you know, that's saying something, right? So um, those are the – you know, the kind of performances that I think, you know, you know, we need from the Raptors, um, as Josh had stated. Well, and that's the toughest part of this. They allow 88 points against Cleveland, and they allow 74 in the first half tonight. Uh, and obviously, you know, there's a reason why that happened. Uh, Josh, I just want to point out, as, as you've told us via texting, that, that Freddie agrees with your assessment <laughs> of his ejection. <laughs> His uh, his mother retweeted me as well, in addition to Freddie. So, uh, yeah, I think the Van Vliet family is on board. We heard from Nick Nurse there as well that uh, he didn't feel great about either of the technical fouls. I don't even remember the first one, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember the first one either. But, Josh, you're on to something with that. Keep tweeting away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the Pelicans are probably on board with it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, great, so, great, great call, great technical foul. Uh, about three and a half minutes to do this. So let's go around. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, I think we agree that Gary Trent Jr. was magnificent off the bench again. 35 points tonight, three off the team record for a bench performance. Danielle Marshall had 38 years ago. Uh, and so when you're dealing with the starting five, uh, clearly the flex point is, is Thad Young based on who you're playing. So w- what kind of other uh, things do you think they could do with that starting five? Uh, well, I think uh, against Brooklyn, there's no real need to go too big. I know they have Claxton in the middle there, so I I like their starting five as it is. Uh, I agree with what Josh said earlier. I think Gary Trent is just better suited coming off the bench. He can focus on just scoring, and that's that's what he does best. I mean, d- defensively, he's no slouch. But I said, like I said earlier, it is very very difficult for anyone at any level to defend and score at the same rate. And I think when he's a starter, it's the pressure to do that. And to do it for longer minutes, um, I think when he comes off the bench, he has one job, and he and he knows what that is, and that's to put the ball in the hoop. And um, he was instrumental in this comeback. So um, him focusing on that, and it, it it gives the bench 
an, another another leader, another a, 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 like a legitimate score, and a, and allows the the starters uh, with Scotty and OG to play their role because now you know Gary um, off the bench, he has all the freedom. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think. Well, first of all, there's only one ball to go around, right? right. Like <laughs> when there's that many. Uh, offensive-minded players in his starting lineup, so many scores. We already talked about well, where is OG shots going to come from now that Siakam is back. And Scotty Barnes, how do you utilize him more? Fred Van Vliet has sort of taken a bit of a step back in terms of his offense this year. So I think it makes a lot of sense that young, not a guy who needs the ball in his hands, as we talked about, a guy that is sort of a complimentary player that can make those other guys uh, better, whereas Trent... I think there's a lot of things that you like coming off the bench. And and to your point, Warren, like I think that he could sort of look at that and say, okay, well, this is my unit here to to be a leader and right. to and to kind of spearhead the offense. I think it's one of those situations where like not, not only could it be really good for the team, but it could be really good for him as well to take ownership over that kind of a role. I'm, I'm not sure he'll see it that way. I hope he does. I, I'm not sure that he will just because I just think starting is such a big deal for players in the NBA, rightly or wrongly. Like you could certainly say, and I know a lot of people have, it matters if you close the game. It matters um, what, what your role is when you're actually on the floor and, and, and whatnot. But I, I know players love to start, but there definitely is some value in him coming off the bench. Early in the season, I thought it made sense for maybe Precious Achua to start. He's still probably a few weeks away. Until then... I like the way that it, I, I, the result was what it was tonight, but I like the way that the rotation worked this evening. Right down to the second. 126-108 is the final score, and we'll come back and wrap it up next. This is Raptors game night in TSN 1050. Well, it was a tough night for the Raptors. 126-108 was the final. If you're going by halves, the Raptors won the second half 61-56, but lost the first half 74 47 dreadful first half no question about it no other way to say it and now they move on to brooklyn in terms of what we're doing our next raptors game will be monday when the raptors are at home to the boston celtics and the leafs won tonight 3-1 over san jose have won five straight our next leaf coverage is saturday when the leafs are in tampa bay and of course the big story world cup coverage exclusively on tsn 1050 9 a.m tomorrow pregame show 10 a.m the match canada against morocco Join us for that. Let's uh, pay tribute to Gary Trent Jr. on the way out. 33 minutes tonight, 12 of 20 shooting, 6 of 11 from the outside, 5 of 7 from the stripe. He had 35 points. The team record off the bench is 38, and he had 35.